0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Tour, the podcast from American Christian Tours that goes behind the scenes of some of the most iconic sites, historic characters, and true stories in American history to discover how God has been at work since the very beginning. Well, this is Aaron Kronk. I'm your host for Behind the Tour, and our desire and purpose is to provide insight for today and hope for the future as we look at history from a biblical worldview and uncover the hidden lessons of our past. Well, today I am joined by one of my favorite EPLs again, Tracy Gregory, who's been in the tourism industry quite a few years. Well, Tracy, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's so good to see you again, Aaron. I've missed you um, since our season's over not seeing you.
0: Yeah, I tell you, you know, it's those friendly faces when you're out traveling around, uh, especially of the EPLs, the education program leaders, that is like a breath of fresh air. (laughs) Uh, It's so fun to get together and to see each other's faces. Well, Tracy, today uh, you're joining me for this episode called Behind the Turkey. (laughs) And what do you think that's all about?
1: Maybe about Thanksgiving, possibly? (laughs)
0: That's a good guess. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving, and it's one of, if not, well, I'd have to say Christmas is my favorite part of the year, but Thanksgiving would be a very close second. How about you, Tracy?
1: Thanksgiving is my favorite. Of course, I'm celebrating the birth of Jesus and the, the death of Jesus, but Thanksgiving, because of our country's history and as a nation... We need to be thankful. It's one of my favorites.
0: Yeah. Tracy, what's what your What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving?
1: I have a statue of the forefathers monument in my house on the mantle, and I have a thing that says Plymouth Rock on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> coming into my house knows that they're going to have to hear about the history of our country and just the the non pressure of gifts and just getting together and talking with family.
0: Actually, most of the time we do when my family and I get together for Thanksgiving, we talk about you know the pilgrims. We talk about the the origin of Thanksgiving. We try to refocus on that every year. Do uh, mm-hmm. you guys kind of do that too? I know that you love giving history lessons, so I would imagine so.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my family are very indoctrinated into the history of our country.
0: Tracy, <laughs> for a lot of people, the word Thanksgiving brings up thoughts of roast turkey, right? With stuffing, mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie. Uh, my my mom makes a phenomenal green bean kind of casserole thing. I'm sure a lot of families do that, but uh, my mom makes a mean one. Um, and I think hers is the best. Uh, you know, prayer service, family, friends, maybe a football game or two, you know, a Packers game, a uh, Dallas Cowboys game. Well, how did the event that we know as Thanksgiving become an annual part of America's holidays? We want to touch on that today and give a little bit of kind of the first Thanksgiving that that took place in the Plymouth Colony in 1621. Uh, so, Tracy, uh, are you ready, to, you ready to talk a little bit and, and go back to some of the roots of why we're celebrating?
1: About pilgrims? Always,
0: always Always. ready. Awesome. Well, good. I'm going to start off by focus a little bit on a figure called Squanto. And uh, many people, families have heard this name in America, but maybe are not quite sure who that is. The Pilgrims set sail for America from uh, England on September 6th, 1620. And after 66 days at sea, including sailing through some really treacherous storms, the Mayflower finally reached America. So there's our starting point. Upon getting off that ship off the Mayflower at Plymouth Rock, 102 Pilgrims and strangers held a prayer service and then kind of hastily began building shelters. I don't know if you can kind of picture that, but sailing that long over the sea and through storms and bad weather, finally getting to a place. And you know what, Tracy, maybe you can speak to this a little bit. They were actually on target for a different place, weren't they?
1: Virginia. Yes. Do you think the hand of God had something about where they landed? Uh, I
0: firmly believe so.
1: They would not be under the Virginia charter and they would have to come up with their own Government, right? I think the hand of God had something to do with that.
0: That is what we refer to as providence, or maybe serendipitous. <laughs> I think they both kind of mean the same thing. But God's providence was certainly at work, Tracy, and we we see that here. They were supposed to go to Northern Virginia, and they ended up getting going further north to Cape Cod. Once they got there and they started building their shelters, I think that they were really unprepared for such a harsh New England winter because they got there, I believe it was, well, they set sail on September 6th, so they would have got there in November, and they were really unprepared for this New England winter, and nearly half of them died before the spring. So though half, half of their numbers survived, the, the prospects of the coming year looked really bleak uh, because they were surrounded by Indians, some hostile. Uh, They were short of food and supplies, and they didn't know a lot of how to survive in the American wilderness, Tracy, from what I've read. So that kind of boggles my mind a little bit that this group of people, 102 people, would come over, um, and yet they had a purpose and a mission. And Tracy, what was that?
1: To worship God in the way they believed and not be a part of the Church of England that Was under um, the king.
0: Yeah. You know, God gave him the strength. God provided for him. And in his providence, put them right where he wanted them, right at Cape Cod, (laughs) a little north of Virginia. Half half of them did survive. Coming out of that grueling winter, the, the pilgrims were surprised, to say the least, when an Indian named Samoset approached them and greeted them in their own language, in English. Uh, explaining to them that he had learned English from fishermen and traders in years past. Well, a week later, Samoset returned with a friend named Squanto, an amazing story, which I'll touch on here in a little bit. Uh, But God put him there. God allowed him to be there for a purpose. And we'll we'll see that here in a little bit. But who came among them, uh, took them under his care, and basically taught them how to survive in the new land, right, Tracy?
1: Right. They didn't realize that the the soil had already been depleted, and mm-hmm. he taught them how to put the fish heads to use as manure around the corn.
0: Yeah, that is so cool. He showed them really, yeah, how to plant corn by what setting setting it with fish. Right. He taught them mm-hmm. how to catch fish at the times that they couldn't find the creeks uh, in the 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 river stocked with fish. Um, I think he taught them how to stalk deer uh, from what I've read, uh, plant pumpkins, you know, find berries, uh, catch beaver whose pelts proved uh, to be uh, a good economic source for him. So mm-hmm. Squanta was super, super instrumental uh, in so many different ways. Uh, and Tracy, he was also helpful in securing a peace treaty between the pilgrims and surrounding Indian tribes, which would last over 50 years. In the words of William Bradford, Squanto was a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation.
1: And that went both ways because the Indians had a much better harvest the next year when the English gave them hoes and showed them how to use those. So it went both ways.
0: Squanto, um, his life is amazing in, in and of itself, Tracy. In 1605, uh, Squanto who was a member of the Patuxet Indian tribe at that time was captured by an English explorer and taken to England. He remained there for nine years. And during that time, he learned to speak English. Well, in 1614, Captain John Smith took him back to New England. uh, But shortly after this, he was again taken captive and sold into slavery at a port in Spain. So, boy, I'm telling you, he's, he's spent a lot of time in Europe at this point and, uh, and not necessarily by his own choice. But providentially, some local friars in Spain bought and rescued him. And from Spain, he eventually went to England, where he remained until 1619. Okay, we're getting pretty close to 1620, right? Mm-hmm. When, when he obtained uh, passage back to his home, as Squanto went ashore when he got off his ship at what was to become Plymouth, He found his entire tribe had been killed by a plague. He was the only survivor of the Patuxet tribe. Did you know that, Tracy? Yes. You know, until I was reading a little bit ago, I did not know that. Uh, But super interesting that he was the only survivor. Uh, So joining himself to a nearby tribe, he remained there until the spring of 1621. Uh, and at that point, he joined himself with the pilgrims, uh, and he was determined to see them survive at the place where his tribe had not. So I think that, you know, again, thanks to God um, and his instrument, Squanto, and the character and determination of the pilgrims, half of them had survived just an unimaginably difficult first year, right, Tracy?
1: Right, and amazing that Squanto would want to help after all he had been through with Europeans.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking about that myself. Would I want to help a people... That took me against my will and put me in a place where I didn't want to go.
1: So I, I would like to know the history. Was he treated well by the Europeans?
0: He was treated well, and it was especially at that point where the uh, you know the local friars uh, when they when they bought bought him literally from a market and rescued him. That was God's providence too. He mm-hmm. makes it back to England, and from there goes back to where he thought was home, uh, but gets back home. Uh, and finds that he is the only survivor. So the at least of his Indian tribe. Tracy, do you remember the, the name of the tribe that was there when he got there?
1: The Powhatan Indians, it's ama- in Massasoit was the chief. Uh, amazing that not only would a tribe take him in, but he wanted the English to survive. Uh, it's just amazing.
0: Yeah. And by his instruction, you know they harvested, like you said, Tracy, a, a food supply for their second winter at Plymouth. Uh, which is amazing. Even though there was no surplus food, things looked much better than the preceding winter. So Governor Bradford Tracy appointed a day of thanksgiving and invited the nearby Wampanoag Indians, which is Squanto's adopted tribe, to celebrate and give thanks to God with them. Another pilgrim, uh, Edward Winslow, said he affirmed, God be praised. We had a good increase of Indian corn, and by the goodness of God, we are far from want. Tracy, the Grateful Pilgrims really declared, it was in December of 1621, they declared a three-day feast uh, in order to thank God and to celebrate with their Indian friends. So that's America's first Thanksgiving festival. And this is super cool because 90 Wampanoag Indians joined the 50 pilgrims for three days of feasting, uh, which included, from what I've read, uh, fish, shellfish, lobsters, turkey, uh, corn, cornbread, berries, even deer.
1: And eel. Imagine an eel. And you know what? Let's back up just a little bit. What's amazing is. After that first winter, when we only have 51 survive, we only have 12 women left. After that first winter, then we come to spring in May and July. The third week in May through July, there had been no rain. It was very hot, and they were worried that the few things they had been able to plant were not going to survive. And they said, as a, a community, they decided to pray and be humble before the Lord, fast and pray to see if they had done anything wrong. Amazing that we would look to ourselves to say have we done anything wrong instead of like why isn't this working and that day no rain had started no clouds nothing later that afternoon a rain came a soft gentle rain no thunder no wind no lightning just a soft gentle rain for 2 weeks and this soft gentle rain ra- gentle rain revived all of the uh the crops so it was not only celebrating the survival of the people that did survive the 51 we have God who saved our crops and the Indians who have helped us. There was like multiple reasons why we decided this is the time to stop and praise the Lord and thanks thank the Lord for what He's done.
0: Yeah, really good, Tracy. And the celebration and it's uh, all the, the the accompanying activities were the origin of the holiday that we now celebrate each November. Well, in this segment, Tracy, we're gonna t- let's talk about uh, some of the proclamations that were made by some historical figures. Governor Bradford, the famous governor of the Massachusetts colony, would issue this Thanksgiving proclamation three years after the Pilgrims settled at Plymouth, after a bountiful harvest. And I'll read the quote here: "In so much as the Great Father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes." And garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game, and the sea with fish and clams, and insomuch as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our conscience. Now I, your magistrate, Do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and ye little ones do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill, love that, between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursday, November 29th of the year of our Lord, 1623, and the third year since the pilgrims landed on ye pilgrim rock there to listen to ye, Pastor, and render thanksgiving to ye, Almighty God, for all his blessings. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, Tracy. Uh, what do you think about his quote?
1: I love that. I love that their focus is always not what we did, what we grew, what we, it's all from God. They look to him for everything and they give him credit for everything.
0: Yeah, and they were appreciative. And I just, you know, I think of an old uh, ancient Irish proverb that says, It is impossible to be unhappy if you have a grateful heart. And that really rings true. And you think about what made them grateful and what makes us grateful. Um, There's a lot. Sometimes all we need to do is remember, right?
1: Right. And not what we accomplished, but what he accomplished.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, people of the American colonies and their colonial governments did hold days of Thanksgiving and fasting over the years for a variety of reasons. George Washington was encouraged by Congress in 1789, and that was the first year of his presidency, right, Tracy? Right. Uh, To issue a national day of Thanksgiving for God's provision in the creation of our New national constitution. So this was the second. Uh, this was the second act of Congress to do this, and it was right after the Bill of Rights was created. So obviously they felt this was a very important deal going on here. And Washington agreed and issued a declaration. He thanks God for His care prior to the Revolution and God's assistance in in helping them with their independence and His help in establishing this new constitutional form of government.
1: You know, if if people ever question that we have a uh, godly constitution, just look at the documents around, like this proclamation of thanksgiving, which is is attributing all of this that's happened to our nation to God.
0: So, Tracy, I'm going to read this and then maybe get what your uh, thought of it is. And uh, so, here's George Washington and is issuing of the proclamation of thanksgiving. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress may have, by their joint committee, requested to me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity to peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th of November, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country, previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence, which we experienced in the course and conclusion of the late war, for the great degree of tranquility union and plenty, which we have since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for the safety and happiness and particularly the national one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge And in general, for all the great and various favors which he hath been pleased to confer on us. And I'm going to skip down a little bit, and we're going to post these proclamations uh, on uh, the site so you can find these pretty easily. Uh, But we get to the end, and he says, George Washington says, Given under my hand at the city of New York the third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1789. Well, Tracy, what are your thoughts on George Washington's Thanksgiving Proclamation?
1: I love that he says that this is from God, the, uh for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed. Civil liberty being the power from the people up, and the power to self-govern by the word of uh, the law of the word, um, acquiring, diffusing useful knowledge. I love that too because. Part of our useful knowledge is knowing what's happening in our country, what's happening with our constitution. Um, and I love later down he he says, "I beseech, we beseech him to pardon our national transgressions." As a nation, do you think we might need to do that every now and then? Yeah, remember the transgress against the Lord. Um, and right after he made this proclamation, he went down to St. Paul's, you know, just down the street from Trinity Church, and he uh, decided. Celebrate, And then he provided food and uh, drink for everybody that was in debtor's prison, <laughs> which I find amazing that um, in this time of, you know, feeling very successful after the war, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, all this has happened, that he does not forget where it comes from. He does not forget to ask for uh, forgiveness for our national sins. And he does not forget the people who are not celebrating right now because they're in debtor's prison.
0: Yeah, really good, Tracy. And I think, you know, George Washington was an amazing man, uh, but something that strikes me most about him and his character is his humility, mm-hmm. uh, certainly not his pride, but the antithesis of pride is his humility and his dependence. I believe firmly uh, because of all his writings um, and primary sources, his dependence on God and his relationship with Christ. I firmly believe that. And when he says to humbly implore his protection and favor that, that proceeded the whole concept of obedience and uh, what a, what a great uh, to, to obey God's will to be grateful for his benefits. Um, pretty, pretty amazing words from a very humble heart.
1: Right. And again, just like the pilgrims knowing our accomplishments, but his.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be until uh, during the civil war of the 1860s that president Lincoln initiated a regular observance of Thanksgiving in the United States and explicitly in celebration of the the bounties that had continued to fall on the union and for the military successes in the war. Uh, And in, in his words, the humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience and Tracy, I think, you know, this proclamation that Abraham Lincoln gives in 1863, uh, you think of the time that it was given, you know, uh, can you give, give a few thoughts on where we're at in the Civil War in 1863?
1: Oh, the traumatic, the trauma of, for the whole nation for this war, where um, Gettysburg had just happened, um, the turning point of the war, um, and to think that we are going to have Thanksgiving for what God has done for us, amazing that people are looking to thank the Lord.
0: Yeah, Tracy, that's that's really good. And again, those you know, it was during the deepest, darkest days of the Civil War that um, President Lincoln uh, gives this proclamation in his own words. And these words, and I think even words after, like his second inaugural address, showed uh, a really a change in his thoughts in his heart. Uh, and I, I believe, Tracy, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, but that Abraham Lincoln was actually saved uh, during, by his own words, uh, during the days of the Gettysburg battle. And after, when he, actually, when he was up there uh, walking through the grave sites, he, he, he gave some pretty astounding words that alluded to the fact that, yeah, now he had a relationship with Christ.
1: Yes. Yeah, so somebody asked him if he was a friend of Jesus. And he said, not when I became president, not before I was president. But when I saw what those boys did at Gettysburg, now I am a friend of Jesus. And, you know, his his very strict upbringing, God was always in him. He spoke and he wrote um, phrases and words from the Bible. He was very familiar with it, but it didn't become real to him until Gettysburg. And, you yeah. know, as a Christian nation, I mean, If you're going through a trauma as a nation and you want to thank the Lord, that's amazing. But you have to be a Christian nation if people are looking to God and thanksgiving something through traumatic because a nation who isn't based on the word of God isn't going to do that.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, Tracy, I'm going to read the uh, his proclamation here and then we'll maybe give a few thoughts. So this was given by Abraham Lincoln, October 3rd, 1863. President of the United States. He says, The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so con- constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are so extraordinary a, a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed. And harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements. And the mines as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege and the battlefield, and the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. These are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart, and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of Thanksgiving and praise to our Beneficent Father who dwells in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged." And fervently implore with the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony thereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1,863 and of the independence of the United States, the 88th by the president, Abraham Lincoln. Pretty good, huh, Tracy?
1: Amazing, since we're still, the war hasn't been won yet. We don't know where this is going yet. And he says, as one nation, one heart, we need to be thankful to the Lord. He always had faith that we would be one nation. And I love that he um, says, no human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. It's only from God. Um, and as a nation, he says, these are the sins. So now We have a ravaged country. We don't know if we're going to win the war. We don't know if we're going to stay together as a country. And these are the people in this horrible, traumatic time that say, yes, this is what we want. You'd think um, it would be in Washington time, Washington's time where you feel like people were more closely connected to God providing this nation. But it's in Lincoln's time when the nation is trying to be ripped apart that we say, yes, this is what we want. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, context is obviously very important. And, uh, you know, this, you know, Lincoln's heart and God working in his heart uh, for him to even write these words Uh, and to write a lot of the things that Lincoln wrote um, was certainly understanding of the, the time in which he lived and the importance of issuing a proclamation like this. Right.
1: Right, and making something beautiful out of something horrific. Yeah,
0: yeah, really good. Well, now it's time for the segment called Behind the Word. and God's Word, the Bible has many passages that deal with thanksgiving. Uh, one of the most common passages of Scripture read during thanksgiving is Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth.
1: Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with singing and joy.
0: Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture.
1: Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name.
0: For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and His faithfulness continues to each generation. Uh, pretty, Pretty wonderful psalm, isn't it, Tracy?
1: Yeah, one of my favorites. And anytime we think our country, what's going on with our country, just look back. There's so many things that could have destroyed this country, and it's still here because we stopped and took those moments to be humble before the Lord and to give thanksgiving. So we just need to continue that.
0: Yeah. And his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. That's the promise, isn't it?
1: Yes. Thank God that it continues to each because I count on that when I think our world is going so far astray. And I think, well, the pilgrims were faithful and I'm part of that continuing generation that he's faithful to because of them, not that we shouldn't do our part.
0: Well, and yeah, Teresa is so right because I mean, we, you know, I think of, I mean, just because things are bad, it doesn't mean that God is not faithful. Um, but we also need to parse that a little bit further, I think, and understand You know, God's character is faithful, and, you know, that's just who he is. You know, even though we're not faithful to him, he's always faithful to us. Uh, How that plays out um, (laughs) is sometimes what we don't understand. But we want to take a minute and go to this segment called Behind the Listeners. We've been encouraging our listeners over the past few episodes of Behind the Tour to take a minute or two and record themselves sharing something that they're particularly thankful for this Thanksgiving and then send it to us to share. So we'd just, again, like to take a minute to share a few of the recordings that we've received with you, and hopefully that will encourage you and encourage your heart.
2: Okay, so what I'm most thankful for is my freedom for one uh, and my family, because without family, we would be no And my faith. My Hi, my name is Julie, and I'm just calling in to say that I'm so thankful for um the freedom that we have in this country, the freedom to worship, to live our lives, and to um and just what an honor it is to be an American and I'm so thankful for those that gave our their lives for us to live like that, and I appreciate that so much today. I also am so thankful for my family. What a wonderful family I've been given, and what a blessing from God they are. So thankful for them. And most importantly, I'm thankful for my salvation, that Christ died on the cross for me and given me a home in heaven. Just want everybody to enjoy this wonderful, thankful season and enjoy Thanksgiving Day.
0: I'm thankful. For the health of our family that we've been relatively safe during this pandemic and i'm also thankful for god's unconditional love that he provides to us
1: this year on thanksgiving i am thankful for more than anything the health of my family because without that nothing really matters so i'm thankful for that and for our strong faith that has gotten us through with Hope in times of hopelessness
2: and helplessness. In one Thessalonians chapter five and verse eighteen, it reads, "In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." And as much as we focus on many things to be thankful for on Thanksgiving Day, which I look back on my salvation many years ago on Veterans Day when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And I look forward to Thanksgiving in a special way, knowing that was the day that my husband and I um, pledged our love and our faithfulness to one another in marriage. It'll be 38 years ago, this Thanksgiving. And those are wonderful things and the, the blessing of family and, and friends. But to think about giving thanks in every circumstance, even the hard things, I just am I'm so reminded as we go through the pandemic and things we've gone through with our health and what we've gone through with the social turmoil in our country, how much we need to be giving our thanks to God in every circumstance because it's His will for us to grow us, to make us stronger, and as we know, the just shall live by faith. So I just am challenging us, challenging myself this Thanksgiving Day to keep remembering to pray without ceasing, to give thanks in every circumstance, for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus.
0: Well, Tracy, it's time for our last segment called A Call to Action. We want to just think about uh, what God is putting on our hearts and our minds um, in reference to what we've just talked about today, right?
1: Right. Right.
0: And just thinking about, uh, you know, some, just practically, Tracy, and you can, you know, maybe add a little bit too, but just practically, you know, not t- just gloss over uh, Thanksgiving this year um, and in the, in the years to come. And I would even dare say that this would apply to having a thankful heart every day of the year, right? It's not just a, one, a once-off or a celebration.
1: I agree. And I, I, it makes me a little sad when you go into different stores and there's tons of Halloween stuff and tons of Christmas stuff. It's hard to find even Thanksgiving stuff. I actually send out Thanksgiving cards more than I send out Christmas cards because I feel like some of the holidays have gotten off base and Thanksgiving has been overlooked, like they glossed over. And it's something I want to make that and 4th of July. I want to make sure are very prominent in my home.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, the call to action today is this. While many people today follow the pilgrim's example of feasting at Thanksgiving, they too often forget to ignore the entire reason that the pilgrim set aside a special day uh, and that that day was set aside for future years in the United States. And that was to give thanks to Almighty God and acknowledge their utter dependence on him for their existence. They included prayer and fasting. While many today take ease in having plenty, never seeing a need to cry out to God, the pilgrims relied upon God in their lack and thanked him in their abundance. Well, their trust was in God and not in their stuff, not their abundant provisions. This was seen even more fully in the two years following their first Thanksgiving celebration. Well, as you celebrate Thanksgiving this year, remember to retain the original focus on prayer and gratefulness to God that has always been the spirit of this, the oldest of all American holidays. Well, we're thankful to have all of you as listeners joining our bi-monthly podcast, Behind the Tour. We just recently celebrated over 2,000 episodes downloaded since we started last December. Well, we appreciate your support and encouragement. Don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when the next episode comes and share this podcast with your friends. Also, if you have questions for us, you can email us at behind the tour, all one word, at acts, A-C-T-S, as-tours com, So that's behind the tour at axe-tours.com. Well, Tracy, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And it was so uh, your contribution, both on the podcast and especially uh, on person, on tour, in person, um, is just an absolute um, godsend. And you're an amazing Tour guide. So, Tracy, thank you for being here today. And any parting words for our listeners?
1: Well, uh, Aaron Kronk, you are a great tour guide too. Um, EPL, great EPL, also. Perfect. Yeah. Um, um, no, I just, I just am thankful that you guys are doing these podcasts so that we can um, just help restore our love for our country and why, and not just love for our country, but why God put this country together the love of god for our country um and thank you so much aaron i always enjoy talking with you and uh i will I'm looking forward to see you on tour again
0: and you also tracy and we uh, also look forward to having you back on the pa- another podcast so um will you uh, i'm sure you'll consent to return in the future
1: yes absolutely
0: awesome all right thanks again tracy
1: okay thank you aaron
0: Well, thanks for joining us today, everyone. And as always, remember that your story is a part of his story. God is writing your story, and he puts you here and now for such a time as this. We wish you and your family and friends a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time.